Just so that you know, we do have a handout very detailed of, of all of our, basically the notes that we have on our PowerPoint as well as a lot of things that we're going to be saying. So um, we didn't want to give that to you beforehand just so that you can focus and listen and reflect um, as we are speaking. So we'll provide that for you um, at uh, the end of the presentation. So we're going to start off with someone we can all relate to, hopefully. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with the story in the first picture at the top left there, but uh, Pooh Bear always enjoys visiting Rabbit because he gives him uh, lots of honey to eat and other yummy things. So uh, on this particular occasion, he ate too much and wasn't able to make it out the front door. So it all comes, said Pooh crossly, of not having front doors big enough. It all comes, said Rabbit sternly, of eating too much. And uh, again, for Pooh Bear, it's always time for a little smackerel of something. So I find that uh, cute and uh, hopefully something like that we can start off and relate to. But um, on a serious note, gluttony is definitely something that is talked about in the Bible. Um, where does the line get crossed uh, when overeating becomes sin? I don't know. Uh, I don't think we're really trying to define that today. But we definitely know that it has become something that is acceptable in our culture and I think even in our church and maybe it shouldn't be and um, perhaps also because some of the other sins that people may be tempted to be involved in we're as we should be you know quite against as the Bible speaks but the Bible also speaks about this topic and sometimes we can turn to food when um, we really shouldn't be so um, it's very clear in scripture that our bodies are God's temple and meant to be used in his service I'm just going to read the two scriptures that are there. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So the question is, can food really hinder us in serving God. I mean, the title of our form is Fit for His Glory. Can, is this a neutral subject, or can food really hinder us in serving, in serving God? And I think it definitely can. First of all, if it becomes something that consumes us, whether we're thinking about food all the time, or on the other end of the spectrum, whether we become so self-absorbed that our bodies become an idol, and um, we, we begin to focus too much on ourselves, something that consumes us, where God should be consuming us. Um, obviously, um, overeating can affect our health in ways that will make us less physically fit and able to be productive and be used just in a physical sense and how God would want to, to use us. Um, and as I mentioned um, just briefly this morning, the verse in 1 Corinthians that says, I will not be brought under the power of any, that really stands out to me. So does food have power over you? For a lot of us, it does. There's something about, you know, those M&Ms or that uh, chocolate chip cookie, uh, the pizza, the chips, whatever it is for you that just seems to call our names or somehow have that power over us. And, uh, you know, each of us here may struggle with that to varying degrees, but I think a lot of us know what I mean when I say you know, that food's calling my name. Uh, it has a certain power over us that <clears throat> I don't believe God wants it to. Um, so how did we get here? Um, just quickly going to go over a few points. Biology is, is part of it. I'm uh, no expert on this, but I do know that there are some people who biologically are less satisfied 
after eating than others, and some people who are biologically predisposed to being overweight because of this, and that's why this would tend to run in the family. Um, so that is one issue that we have. Upbringing, you know, did you always snack at, in your family, at, in your home? Was that just a part of your social time together as a family? Um, <clears throat> interestingly, I took note uh, last time we had a dinner in Kitchener that there were two serving tables set up for the main meal and at least six for the desserts. So <laughs> is our <laughs> church culture somewhat to blame? Maybe we definitely do put a lot of emphasis on eating and uh, we, we do our desserts well, but uh, we also maybe overeat in that area is also. Um, culture and food industry, they are really out to get you. Um, food is made and manufactured to, to be addictive. Um, it's obviously to their benefit and to their profit, but uh, it is very much uh, the focus. I read a very interesting book lately about how uh, addictive th- those processed and fast foods are. But at the same time, we get messages from our culture that you need to have a model's body to be acceptable and to be beautiful, and that's the standard as well. Obviously, quite a contradiction and uh, not something that we can all live up to. Um, lack of good nutritional information and understanding. For some people, you just need to, to maybe become a little bit more educated on healthy eating, and that can really um, solve a lot of issues that people have. Um, again, <clears throat> maybe it's just a lack of time in your day to really set aside to think about eating properly. We have, live in a very fast-paced society. You know, you eat on the run. You kind of don't think about what you're eating. Maybe you just grab fast food here and there while you're traveling, whatever it is. Um, that can contribute as well to this overeating. And, and again, that uh, processed fast food is very addictive. However, for others, all the nutritional information in the world isn't going to make a difference. If you really have um, an emotional issue or if you have basically um, emotional eating where you're dealing with stress or other issues in your life um, and using food as a way to comfort you or to respond to those situations. Um, again, that's something that has sort of become an acceptable sin among us. You know, we can't turn, we shouldn't be turning to alcohol, we shouldn't be turning to maybe a, a relationship or whatever else it is, but somehow it's okay to turn to food, and so we want to think about that a little bit today. So um, uh, our panel today is uh, definitely going to be an asset to this presentation. We're thankful that we can all share from a different perspective, and um, we hope that everybody today will be able to walk away encouraged and uh, with some practical strategies and uh, find some, some help through this form. And again, I want to emphasize this isn't about losing weight. Um, this is about regaining control of eating um, and, and not allowing food to be a focus in our lives. As Laura was saying, we're, we want to inform today, and, and we truly believe that uh, God wants us to be inspired. He really wants us to be inspired. Um, maybe you or someone you know are dealing with a serious problem with food and addiction, or maybe it's a little more subtle. But I'm going to talk about how food affects our health, our well-being, um, disease, our appetites, cravings, addictions, and just kind of build a little perspective and, and try to think of you know, maybe how God would like us to perceive food. Um, it's such an important thing. I mean, we, we absolutely need it, um, but it's also this very culturally, emotionally sensitive topic. Um, in biblical times, people walked everywhere. 
You know, the Israelites walked everywhere, and they ate no processed food. Um, they were vastly healthier than people today. You know, their diets were purer and cleaner, and um, despite maybe lack of knowledge in, in germs and hygiene and, and medicine and things, um, the, the Israelites were, were vastly healthier than people today, than us today. We all know, we all know that Satan has his hands in every aspect of life, of human life. Our food is no different. Our food and our habits and, and our, our uh, activity levels and, and things like that, um, it's, it's really no different. He, Satan has gradually and very um, significantly tainted our perspective um, on, on these things. And, and just like the rest of the world, just like he's doing to the rest of the world, you know, we are plagued by chronic disease. But God calls us to something different. We know this. He calls us to something higher than what the world teaches. And, and yet, we are just as sick as the rest of the world. Should this necessarily be so? Is this what God really wants for us, for his people? Wouldn't it be nice to experience the kind of health and well-being that our bodies are capable of, of having? Science shows us that what we consume actually changes and influences our DNA. We truly are what we eat. We've heard that saying, you know, for years, right? But it, it really is true. Um, there's evidence recently with, um, that they've done with twins um, to show that, or it, that it, it's evidence kind of revealing that diet is actually more influential than the genetics we were born with. So that's the, the nature versus nurture up there. Um, it's, it, you know, I look at it, it's, it's just like basic conservation of matter. You know, our, our bodies, um, God made us so wonderfully. Our cells actually are dying off. Many are, and, and most of them even, are, are dying off and replicating, reproducing all the time. But you don't get something out of nothing. Those, those new cells... Um, you know, keeping us going, keeping us alive, keeping us healthy, it, it has to come from somewhere. And it, it comes from the food and the, the liquid that we consume. What are we providing our temples in order to build more cells for the tissues and organs of our bodies? <clears throat> this slide is on the effects of sugar on the body. And um, some of them might surprise you. Um, some of them are, are, you know, we know about diabetes with the, the pancreas and, and different things. Um, but did you know that it instigates mental illness? Um, did you know that, that sugar actually is the main fuel for cancer cells? Um, it, it's a, a kind of an interesting list, but know that there was not enough room up here on 10 slides to list all the deleterious effects of sugar on the body. 10 slides would not, would not cover it. A hundred years ago, it's really interesting. A um, hundred years ago, people consumed between one and five pounds of sugar a year. Today, most people consume between a quarter and a half a pound of sugar a day, or up to 135 pounds of sugar a year. No wonder we're so sick. Um, sugar and fattening processed foods can be as addictive, they, they really are as addictive, and when you talk about an addiction, it's physiological, you know, in the body, our, our chemistry, um, but sugar and fattening processed foods are as addictive as cigarettes, alcohol, and heavy drugs they have found. 
what's, what's implied kind of in this list with the, the breed's malnutrition is um, sugar actually impedes mineral absorption in us in, in a variety of ways, but, but, uh, which, which then leads to actually having inadequate nutrition, being malnutritioned. Um, this is, and this is linked, uh, malnutrition like this is, is linked to so many problems, not, not just physical ones, but, but besides the physical ones, behavioral, attention, emotional uh, problems, mood problems, mental processing problems like concentration, um, sleep issues, mental illness, depression, dementia, anxiety, apathy, irritability, and the list goes on. Just take one mineral deficiency, because we can, we can be deficient in any mineral or vitamin and, and, and suffer the consequences um, unknowingly oft, sometimes. Um, but you take even a simple zinc deficiency, one mineral, um, they found leads to aggression and depression. But, you know, I don't, I don't think any amount of depression or aggression is going to help our spiritual walk. And it, it was also it was pointed out to me that um, a tablespoon of sugar, kind of with this, uh, the first one up here, impairs immune system. Uh, just a tablespoon of sugar impairs the immune system for hours after. Next slide here. Um, the short-term effects of eating a greasy, fattening meal. You know, we know that eating poorly over time, we know that that's not good for us. We know that it, you know, it leads to diabetes and cancer and um, different things, but these are the immediate effects. This is like within 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour after, after eating something that wasn't made really for, for our bodies. It's, it's like it's an assault on the body, really, um, when you read these things. The desire to eat junk food is a vicious cycle. And I think you guys are going to find this interesting because research shows that the, the more you eat it, the more you actually crave it. But there's a reason for that. This is because junk food actually distorts your hormones. Now, we all have hormones. They're the chemicals that run everything in our body, really. Um, but, but junk food actually distorts our hormonal system. And it, it stimulates our appetite, causing us to crave unhealthy foods. But at the same time, it actually makes us feel unsatisfied when we eat only healthy foods. That's, that's what junk food, quote-unquote junk food, does to us. Um, would, you, would we pers- purposely put the wrong type of gasoline in our car? No, we would never do that because we know it wouldn't run. It would ruin the car. But you know what? Our, our bodies are the same way. It's, 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 it, will, it will ruin our bodies. How are we going to run the race that Paul speaks about if what we are fueling ourselves with is actually harmful for us. Um, we, we run the risk of offering God a temple that has compromised energy, immunity, durability, and mental clarity. Um, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Um, what we eat and drink either contributes to our to health or sickness in our bodies and in our minds. We have choices, and there's and there's ways to that we can help this. Food really is it's it's our medicine. It does so many things for us, but it, it actually you know the the Bible has 
mentions many different foods. I wish I, I looked at the list, but I didn't take note of the number. Um, it's a pretty big list, though, um, pretty surprising. Um, so whether, and you know, and incidentally, there, were, there was no uh, pop or candy or pastries or anything listed in the Bible when I, when I checked as far as the foods. But um, so whether we, are, whether we are eating too much or eating too little or the wrong types of foods, um, whatever it is, you know, emotional, emotional eating, when we do not eat as God has intended us to, it not only affects us physically, but also mentally and spiritually. And we know our spirituality does not exist in a vacuum. God has created such an enormous variety of food choices. He did not create, you know, potato chips and donuts and, and um, candy and things like that. Is his smorgasbord not enough for us? Is his provision not enough? This uh, forum today, it's, it's not about being legalistic. You know, we're not going to hunt you down in the cafeteria or anything like that. Um, it's, it's nothing like that. It's, uh, and it's not about counting calories either. Because if we eat the way God intended to, there's no need at all to count calories. Um, we do need to look at retraining our taste buds. Because our taste buds have, have literally become warped. Um, we need to train them away from the, the sugary, fatty, salty, processed, non-nutrient, toxic consumption. It can't even be called food, a lot of the stuff that we, that we eat a lot of times. Um, and this, this also is, is not, about, it's not about dieting or starving ourselves. Um, it, it is, though, about lifestyle change, about changing our habits, changing our minds, changing our hearts, and changing our desires. Um, and that, doesn't that sound familiar? Isn't that what God, isn't that what he usually tries to do with us? He wants to, he wants to change those things um, and make our desires like his desires. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Peter Sabo, and I'm from Kitchener. Thank you. And it's a thank you. It's a pleasure to uh, be co-presenting today with Amy and Laura, and thank you very much for your attendance. So we've heard uh, Amy present some of the uh, health effects of our, our food choices, and uh, and that's a good backdrop uh, into what I'd like to uh, cover today. And I'd like to present a, a case study of yours truly of how I encountered some deleterious effects of my poor food choices and, with the Lord's help, how I was able to regain control uh, of, of, my, of my eating. And I cannot think of a better place to start than with some scripture that really frames my story and that I've come to learn much better in recent uh, times. And it comes from 2 Corinthians 3.18, and it states, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So on the uh, next slide, I'd like to take uh, 
a little bit of a trip, a brief trip down memory lane. And this is a photo of me, my family, my aunt, who was visiting us from Hungary at the time when I was living down under. So from 1983. So obviously I'm on the far right there. And apparently in those days I was thin as a beanpole and I couldn't get a decent haircut. (laughs) Now, it is with some reluctance that we need to proceed to the next slide. So this is a shot of 25 years later in 2008. So by that time, I had found a place to get a a good haircut, but clearly I had lost my control with food. So on September 15th, 2008, to be precise, and I don't think that's a particularly important date in history, I started on a lifestyle change consisting of spiritual and physical changes. Now, the genesis of my transformation had its roots in the fact that I became quite unhappy. Why? Due to loss of control in my life. Now, fundamentally, I wasn't unhappy because I was obese, although that didn't help. And, you know, more of me to love was a line that wore thin while I remained fat. So I have in my uh, hand here, and I'd like to, like to pass it around to the audience uh, in a few moments, a replica of one pound of human fat, the approximate volume and the weight. Now, I, I know this is not altogether pleasant, and we have lunch coming up next and things like that, but I must confess that, uh, you know, that's, that other form of uh, entering into that dark cave sounded a lot scarier. So, did you know that in one pound of human fat, there is approximately one mile of blood vessels? So, I'll pass this to Caleb in the front, and then we'll continue. So, uh, continuing with my testimony, one of the most important things we have uh, is hope. Eternal hope, for sure, but also optimism for a better tomorrow. And when we lose hope, um, we find that uh, life can lose its richness and its vibrancy. At least that was my experience. And I have to confess, at that time, I wasn't fit for his glory. Uh, Indeed, uh, for a very long time, I wanted to lose weight and uh, get healthier. I was many pounds overweight, and I continued to to gain. However, uh, for many years, I did nothing about my weight problem, because I firmly believed it was impossible. As a matter of fact, I was so sure of that, my prediction came true at every passing year. I gained more and more weight. Now, I used to be active uh, when I wore a younger man's clothes, but that changed over the years. And to not even be able to, for example, walk up several flights of stairs without wheezing. And, you know, simple, basic, everyday tasks, just like bending over and tying my shoelaces, became difficult. Um, that's where my kids came in helpful, but I couldn't get them to do it too often. My cholesterol levels as well were uh, getting high. They were on the high side uh, for at least uh, 10 or 12 years. Um, I was inactive, and and once again, I had little restraint in what I ate. 
So I was in my early 40s, and basically I felt I was no longer in control of my life. Now, some people would call that a midlife crisis. However, it went a lot deeper than that. I, I felt that I was, uh, I'd lost my spiritual focus and that I wasn't serving the Lord as diligently as I should have been. And that made me actually unhappier than my excess weight. But I recognized and came to learn with the Lord's help that I had a, a food addiction. And over time, with my weight ballooning, as you can see here again, I was getting concerned that my future health could deteriorate. And I was a poor role model for my children. Um, also, in losing control, I developed a negative attitude, and that reinforced uh, this downward spiral. So in order to regain control, I finally realized that I, I needed to start by restoring spiritual integrity in my life and be accountable for all I do. Um, after several months of starting to, to lose weight and, and lead a healthier lifestyle, as, uh, as Amy alluded to, uh, starting in September of 2008, after several months into that, I was starting to lose some weight, get healthier, I regained confidence and, and much happiness. And, uh, you know, during uh, this time of, and perhaps we can go to the, uh, to the next slide, which is from January of 2009, uh, four months into, into that process, I ended up cleaning up my clothes closet and donating uh, about 80% of my clothing to, to charity. Um, during my uh, time of uh, this intensive weight loss and, and regaining my physical fitness uh, and control, um, I would also, I want to stress, more important than that, more importantly, I was also trying to make some other uh, deep-rooted spiritual changes. Um, as a result, the healing and release that I've experienced through God's strength um, have allowed me to, con to restore that control and integrity. And uh, as a result, um, if we continue on to the uh, next slide, uh, by the grace of God, by March 2009, a little quicker than I expected, I had shed uh, 80 pounds. And from that process, I was transformed into a new person uh, across many spheres and facets of my life, spiritually, physically, mentally, and psychologically. And in fact, what I came to learn is that these different aspects of our being uh, need to be integrated or combined and balanced uh, to give us control and overall health. Um, then I'd like to uh, conclude uh, my testimony by uh, presenting some results uh, on the next slide and then some concluding comments on the slide after that. Uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, I didn't uh, do anything about uh, my weight issue, about controlling my food, because I felt it was impossible. Uh, when I came to that realization, then, that it could be possible with the Lord's strength, a number of things uh, became possible. As I mentioned, I, I lost 80 pounds. That was in a six-month period, which is a bit faster than probably what is normally recommended. Um, I, I started a, a running program, and what you need to understand about me and running, we just never got along. Oil and water. You know, I, I used to uh, detest running more than I detested paying taxes, but it was... Um, uh, I, I just, just, you know, running was, was not my thing at all. But I started into that uh, after a few months. Uh, we'll talk in a few moments about some tips and strategies, uh, one of which is a building up a positive support group to whom you can be accountable. Uh, in the first several months of my weight loss journey, uh, 
thank the Lord I was able to uh, get support from some 60 people uh, at church, at home, at work, um, the guy who changed my oil, uh, my chiropractor, the list goes on and on. And uh, I spoke a lot about my addiction and uh, loss of control with food. So in that process, I also broke my addiction to fast foods and junk foods. Uh, and uh, the cholesterol levels that I spoke on were restored to normal ranges and, and plummeted uh, through healthy eating. And also exercise helps a lot uh, on that front as well. Uh, you know, I started out with the objective of just healing myself but over time, as people noticed what I was doing, uh, I was um, fortunate to be able to inspire and help other people um, to, to lose weight. And uh, again, as, as Laura said, uh, this is not about counting calories. This is not a weight loss a clinic. More important than that, it's about really maintaining or restoring control in your life. Uh, and that last bullet, as I'd mentioned, I, I became transformed uh, across a number of fronts. So on the, last, uh, on the next slide here... Uh, what I want to emphasize as well as I uh, wrap up my testimony is what I really want to stress is my results are not intended to give you the impression that I'm someone special. I am not. Uh, that I've done something extraordinary. You can do those things too if that's what you uh, desire. And uh, with the Lord's help through the Holy Spirit that uh, lives within us, uh, we can possess far greater power than perhaps we ever may think possible. And I want to encourage anybody, everybody, even one person that would like to restore control in their life starting today. Um, step forward, have courage, have a desire to succeed in losing weight or getting control over the food you're eating or whatever else that might be controlling you in your life today. And we can all become fit for God's glory. Um, when I was asked to be involved in this forum, I was uh, definitely not excited and hardly even interested in doing it. It's not an easy thing to uh, get up in front of people, especially at camp, and admit that you have a problem like this. But uh, I really pray that um, through sharing my testimony of the struggles that I've uh, experienced in my life, even if just one person is touched, then, um, then that's enough. Um, I don't think I ever had a healthy relationship with food um, always liked to eat, um, but I thought food was a bad thing, and uh, I think probably uh, in my genetics a little bit as a predisposition to overeating. Um, I remember being on a diet from as young as I can remember, probably, ask my mom, but probably age five or, you know, a very, very young child, and uh, probably the, the reason was because I always saw my mom on a diet, and uh, that's not necessarily to fault her with uh, what I've experienced, but we definitely are influenced a lot uh, by... Um, what we see in our families and our parents. And, um, and I know from speaking with her that those influences came from others as well, so it definitely can be passed on. Um, throughout my life, um, especially um, when I got into the teen years, I pretty much struggled with about every eating disorder in the book, uh, from anorexia and bulimia to compulsive overeating, emotional eating um, at different times. Um, basically... You know, a lot, like I said, you know, a lot of it has to do with biology, but I also have really struggled with a very poor um, body image, always comparing myself to others, um, feeling fat all the time, wanting to look better, wanting to look thin. Um, even though as a 
child and a young teen, I wasn't overweight. I felt that I was, and I, there was always someone who looked better than me, and I really struggled with that. Um, so, you know, but I like to eat, and I, I, you know, I sort of had my casual diets as a kid, but uh, nothing really serious. Um, there came a time, though, where I got pretty serious about uh, a diet, and it was also a pretty stressful time in my life, and uh, I ended up losing a lot of weight, and people started to notice, and then people started to say things, and I got comments about I looked good, and for me, that was a big deal. I never got a lot of comments like that from people, and uh, it was giving me some attention, and uh, maybe, some, yeah, some attention that I was craving, and uh, so I kept going. <clears throat> and I lost a lot of weight. I got to a point where I was very thin, um, too thin, and uh, even though I was at that point, I still felt fat, and I still looked in the mirror, and I still saw this part of my body or that part of my body that I didn't like, and I still felt that I was fat, even though probably from anyone else's perspective, they would have said, you're too thin, and maybe you don't even look good the way you are, but that's not how I saw myself. Um, <clears throat> even got to a point where um, had some medical issues because of how far I pushed my body, and obviously that is, you know, whether you're going one way or the other, that is not to God's glory um, when we do that. <clears throat> Interestingly, though, all of this was going on around the time that I became a Christian and was, I would say, at a strong point in my spiritual life. Um, I think, though, that Satan was very deceptive, um, deceiving me with pride or whatever I thought about myself that I had better control than others who were overeating or whatever it was that uh, there was a lot of spiritual pride there that uh, I was not aware of and in my perfectionist attitude kind of came out in that, you know, I needed to be the best in everything I was doing and I also <clears throat> wanted to look the best. Um, however, no matter how thin you are, it's still a miserable place to be, especially when it's such an obsessive thing and I really did feel miserable, didn't feel good about myself. Um, it was a very depressing, very depressing place to be. <clears throat> so how does this really fit with overeating? Um, even though I wasn't eating a lot, food still consumed me. I didn't eat the food, but I was daydreaming about the food I wanted to eat. And I think uh, that's why we don't want to focus so much on weight right now. This really isn't an issue of how much you weigh or not weigh. This is an issue of what's going on is the internal struggle or a battle control, those issues um, with food. Um, I guess after a while, uh, several years, my body's cry for nutrients, that as I had been depriving it for so long, sort of won out against my willpower and self-control to restrain my eating, and I, I did gain uh, back a lot of weight and went uh, quite above what I was before. Um, really swung me in the other direction. This kind of starts a vicious cycle because obviously, as I said, you know, I had a lot of issues with my body image and I was very concerned with that, so I'd say, okay, you know, I'm eating too much, I'm gonna go on this crash diet. But, you know, that deprivation that you give your body just kind of leads you to binge and, and you're struggling with overeating and you kind of get in this vicious cycle of binging, you know, crash diet, binge, crash diet, and uh, that can just happen perpetually. So I would say that I, my, whole, my body got very messed up. I mean, through this whole time, it was very messed up. And, you know, I was losing and gaining in probably in the range of about 40 pounds. So though I never got to a obese point um, or even 
you know, in the upper range of being overweight, it's the same issue of just kind of that lack of control and just going up and down and up and down. And, you know, I had a range of probably 10 sizes of clothes in my closet because that it was either one extreme or the other that I was in. Um, and again, though there were times that I was in perfect self-control of my eating and my habits, I was in control and it wasn't God that was, that was in control there. Um, and again, I was, though I had a lot of struggles at this time, then with overeating, um, I was able to compensate it through excessive exercise and these excessive diets that I, that I would go on to sort of keep my weight in check, but the core issues are still there. <clears throat> 